an eye open to see the half-moon crystal clear overhead. It looked as cold and hard as the solid mountains of snow that blanketed everything around her. Trees, street signs, cars, mailboxes. Big snow, the locals called it. Unusual, the locals also said. Yet here it was, a big honkin' snowstorm. At least it had stopped pelting down for a while but they said it would begin again, hard, near dawn. She raised her head after a few minutes, held perfectly still for a moment, noticed she didn't feel as dizzy, and, blessed be, her headache was throttling down. She shifted the spider into gear and drove slowly, in a perfectly straight line, as only those who are impaired and know it do. After another six blocks, She turned off onto Hitchfield Avenue, and then onto Lonely Bear Court. She saw her building up ahead on the right, a duplex with her one-bedroom unit on the bottom and Henry Stolzen's on top. She turned into her parking spot next to Henry's, drew a deep breath, thanked the Almighty she was still alive, and even better, not in jail. She promised good works, She told herself she wouldn't forget by morning as she slogged through the snow to her front door. She was shaking with cold when she finally fit her old-fashioned key into the lock and the door opened. She stepped into a blissful seventy degrees. She locked the front door behind her, slipped on the two chains, and shoved the deadbolt home. She flipped on the light inside the door in the small foyer. Home and warm. No more margaritas, no more 1 a.m. parties. I'm now a sensible woman, resolute and determined, and the director of Stanislaus can go compliment someone in the reed section. Delcy bypassed the living room and went straight to the kitchen, swallowed three extra strong aspirin, and drank two full glasses of water. She wiped the back of her hand across her mouth and walked through the hallway to the bathroom, turning on lights as she went. A hot shower. That was all she could think about. Jets of hot water pounding her face, clearing out her head, making her want to live again. She stripped off her clothes, paused on the clip of her bra, when she heard something. Movement? Something. Maybe a sharp breath? She didn't move, listened hard. No, there wasn't anything. Her brain was still squirrely with tequila. She got her bra off, left her clothes in a pile on the bathroom floor, pulled back the shower curtain, and froze. She had never believed she was a screamer, but a scream ripped right out of her mouth, and then another, her brain screaming in tandem. Not possible. Not possible. Her breath caught when she heard the sound again and whirled around, but she didn't have time to be afraid before something hard as a brick smashed her on her head, and she didn't scream anymore. Special Agent Griffin Hammersmith drove out of Gaffer's Ridge at nine o'clock. After chowing down the best blueberry waffles he'd eaten since his Aunt May's famous Sunday brunches, He'd enjoyed his trip from San Francisco across the country, seeing friends and relatives on his way to his new posting in Washington, D.C. 
but he realized after two weeks, with not much more to worry about than his Uncle Milton's arthritis in Colorado Springs, and catching up with a couple of old friends, pleasant though it was, he was getting antsy and ready to get back to work. Griffin looked up at the bloated dark clouds pressing down, promising more snow. He hoped he'd get to Maestro before his world turned white again. He eased onto State Highway 48, planning to cut across to the highway. His cell buzzed. Yeah? Who's this? This is Ruth, uh, Agent Ruth Noble. I would have called you sooner, Griffin, to see when you'd be arriving in Maestro and arrange to meet you. But we've got something of a situation here, and I'm helping my husband, Dix Noble, he's the local sheriff, figure things out. A situation? More a puzzle. It's pretty weird, actually. A Stanislaus student was found unconscious in her bathroom with a head.